Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I'm your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. This is episode number 139. So our next one's 140. I am so blessed and happy to be here with my wonderful, beautiful, talented co-host with the dope t-shirt, Shannon. How you doing, Shannon? You're trying to butter me up. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I was telling... You know, I, I, I was been thinking a lot about you this week. Um, you've been on my brain, a couple of other people as well, but you you as well. So I'm glad to be here in your presence. And I love T-shirt fits perfectly with the sh- show topic tonight. So, yeah, I won't tell you why I have it on. But yeah, God is dope. That's right. So I'm glad that you're here and I'm looking forward to the, the show tonight. So, um all right, so let's introduce our guests. I'm going to start off with our returning champ from Florida as well, the one and only Angela. How are you doing, Angela? I'm great. How are you guys? I'm excellent, and I'm so glad that you were here with us. I know it's late for you, and you get up pretty early, but, um, you know, I'm always happy to see your smiling face. And, and the, uh, I'm always ready to talk about relationships, so you know this is my alley. Yes, and the eyebrows are dope. As well, you know, that. I, can't, I can't tell you nothing else. Shannon, tell him to forget it just one time. <laughs> I'm gonna always give you that. That's a little inside thing about the eyebrows, but the eyebrows are dope. So, uh, kudos for your eyebrow game. <laughs> now, our our guest, uh, who's new to our program, um, uh, thank you so much, Angela. She shares with me a program that she's on. Um, with uh, the host is a guy named Ron Smith. And um, this brother is featured on there quite a bit. And I really love to hear this brother talk. Um, And I felt like he'd be a great person to have to our audience, speak to our audience. It's uh, Andrew Crawley. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Thank you all so much for having me. Yes. And thank thank you. Um, Can you give us a little background on who you are? Because being this is your first time. Yeah, I'm Andrew Crawley. I'm from, uh, well, I've currently been in Greensboro, North Carolina for the last 20 years. uh, College brought me here. I'm an alumni of A&T State University. And uh, just ever since I've got here, uh, I met a man of God by the name of Pastor Otis Lockett, senior God rest his soul. And and that was the first time where uh, I had always been born on a church pew, but that was the first time the church it started being birthed in me. And so I thank him for that and led me to where I am now, where I have uh, been pastoring for the last five years, Alliance Church. Also do, uh, but I've been doing apostolic ministry for going on a decade now, just under a decade, dealing with churches and church leaders on changing their ecclesiology to fit more of the scriptures. So uh, that's what we do. That's just a briefing of who I am. I'm married uh, to my lovely wife, Ashley Crawley of 12 years. February will make 13. And we have a beautiful daughter. Her name is Olivia. She's five years old. Oh, wow. Five. All right. Well, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for the program. And um, what I want to talk about is uh, we talk about relationships all the time on the show. We talk about different aspects of men and women being in relationships. But unfortunately, we don't talk about uh, enough the spiritual aspects of um, being in relationships. And, you know, I know not everybody is a Christian or not everybody um, or some that are Christians that don't necessarily put Christ in their relationships. Right. And I'm, I'm not a, 
I'm not a what they call a, a holy roly guy, right? Uh, I, I grew up in the church. My grandfather was a minister. Um, you know, I, I was one of those kids that went to church four times a week. You know, um, and after I, went, <laughs> I went four times a week to church, and then uh, I was in the choir. Uh, I never did usher board. Uh, I probably hailed the choir back with my my uh, voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was on the, the church basketball team. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I was just in the church. And then when I got about 15, 16, I, I strayed away from the church. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, there was an incident that happened that made me kind of, I mean, I was never an atheist or anything like that, but it made me kind of look side eye to the church. Right. Um, uh, which is, you know, we could debate, you know, I was a 16 year old kid, so, um, I'm going to get into that, um, because I don't think it's important really to this conversation, but as I've gotten older, I'm 42 now, I do find myself being pulled back in, you know, um, not, not probably where I should be, or I know for sure, but. Um, I'm definitely, you know, what they uh, look. I'm, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I'm sure you'll know this one uh, about train up your child in the way that you know it, right? Can you say that one? In the way that they should go, and when they and when they grow old, they won't depart from it. So they won't be right. So I feel like, in a, on a certain level, like you know, you're starting to see that, right, uh, with myself. Uh, not totally there. I, I want to, you know, I want to get there. Right. So the reason why I'm I'm coming to you today or we're having this this program, I want to talk about um, those who want to add a spiritual element to their religion. I mean, religion, their relationship or, you know, definitely being a Christian and talk about what is some misunderstanding. Uh, rep- misrepresentations because people always quote stuff from the Bible that are not in the Bible. <laughs> you know, like they'll say, like this always God is always being misrepresented. You know, in the Bible, absolutely right? that is true. And, and um, you know, it'd be good to get from your perspective. Um, you know, some of the the things that are said that are not necessarily true. So let me ask you this. When you, you, you said you've been married for quite a long time. Were you always a, a, a Christian, um, a practicing Christian when you, in your relationship? Yes. In the relationship with my wife. Yes. I've uh, always been a practicing Christian, though. I am a quite a different Christian now than I was back then. And uh, not only that, but we were friends. Uh, probably we were friends uh, maybe eight years, just authentic friends, not even thinking about one another. I mean, if you had told us we'd have ended up together, we'd have been like, no, we was authentically good friends for like eight years before we had started getting serious and started dating. So she also seen me um, and I actually knew her when she wasn't saved. I actually led her to the Lord, actually. And um, and again, that was early in our relationship and didn't realize who we were. And then we just ended up getting serious and becoming close. And one thing led to another. So we got married. So I did witness her going from being unsaved to being, you know, a Christian. And uh, she does, and she noticed me being a very quite immature Christian. 
um, not only by conduct, by even some of the things that I preached and said, and she saw me mature in the things that, you know, the way as I don't say what I used to say, thank God. <laughs> okay, that's interesting, though, being an immature Christian. Can you kind of speak to that um, about yes. some maturity in, in Christian, you know, some Christians? Yeah, one of the things that I do what I do is because there's an epidemic of immature saints, such like the Apostle Paul, the reason why he wrote to the Corinthian church, because one thing about the church is at fault because it don't even challenge people to grow up. So what we happen, what happens is we have a lot of I call spiritual, uh, spiritual emphasis or no, excuse me, uh, spiritual dwarfism, whereas people be a part of the church or what they thank Christianity for for decades, but they still only at the age of maybe a spiritual two year old, and that that was who, that was me, that was me for a long time until uh, again I had an awakening in my life when I started really pursuing God. I, th I always thought I was because I was around the church. But just because you are around something in a group of people don't make you that group of people. And just like uh, I also leave with this, just like uh, just because you know about Jesus don't mean that you know Jesus. And so I knew information on him, but I didn't know him personally. And so I thought I did. But yeah, things have changed. And, and shout out to Ron. Is, that's the Ron, right? Yeah. I yeah. think so. So big shout out to him. I, I had told him to join um, a while ago, Kente, about um, Get Boca. I was saying that that would be a good platform as well. It is. Right. Yeah, he said All right, yeah. cool, cool. Big shout out to you. I love your show, Ron. And we got we to gotta get uh, chop it up with you as well. Um, okay, so now I'm going to paint a picture for you, and I want you to uh, – I want to get from both of you. Okay, so a young man or woman is a Christian, right? And they want to date. Right. And there's a lot of stuff. Look, there's a lot of stuff that goes through your head. You know, your hormones are racing, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But you want to, you know, you want to be a good Christian. So give me some, from your estimation, some things that a young Christian or a Christian just period who's trying to date should think about in entering the dating pool. You want no, to go first? Um, well, just some of the things I, I, I say, just be smart. Like what people do is say, oh, we can be alone and nothing happens. Oh, we can do, you know, we, we, we set ourselves for, for failure. And so when you date, you date with the intention, like, is this going to be my husband, my wife? Not meaning you're going to ask me on date one to get married, mm -hmm. but like I'm not in the business of just wasting time. I want to know you know, do what do what you have, line up with who God has for me. You know, is this my spouse? Is this who God told me to be? Because if you're wasting my time, if it's a knucklehead, I know that he don't know God or he just at church and saying he's saved, but he has no relationship with him. When things go on, he ain't trying to pray nothing. He, you know, act, that's not who I want. So I don't set my, I didn't, I didn't waste time like that. You know, I'm not, I'm just not going to waste my time in that, in that, that capacity because i mean i have messed up i told you before I, I messed up i set myself up in bad situations before but what i tell people now you know be real with who you are mm -hmm. i mean everybody has hormones they have feelings so That's you good. know is this person lining up with who you want to lead you do you want your children to be this man do you want your daughters to marry a man like this man if not it might not be that he's not the right one. It might not be the right time. So then you need to back it up and not not invest all your time and let God tell you what to do and, and when to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and be careful when you say uh, you need to back it up. 
Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> I, I had to get that joke in there. So, um, Let's hear what Andrew has to say because clearly you need to be quiet. <laughs> well, no, actually, I was going to start with the same sentiments of uh, what Angie did. First and foremost, to one of the first things you want to do is decide is in self-examination, you want to decide uh, between two things and ask yourself the question, do I still want to play or do I really want to find a mate? And, uh, because, and I know that from experience, I did, I flunked the test a lot of times. It's by the grace of God that I'm still here. Ooh, and, and not only that I did a lot of ungodly things with a lot of people's daughters and stuff like that before I really got serious. And so, and I understand, I can smell the mindset of mine away because I've been that. I've been the, I've been the villain on the other side of using and abusing women. So I thank God for his grace and mercy way he had me now. And so I went a long time without, without making a determined fact that that I was trying to treat women and I was trying to actually subdue women into thinking that I would stop playing while I was playing. And so men and women, just first and foremost, ask yourself, do I still want to play or am I, do I really want to find a mate? And that filter should then allow you to, it should dictate your actions further from there. Mm. Now, let me ask this question that this one is, I, I, I used to do like this questionnaire that I would always ask to, men and women right just to kind of get the difference in the you know from the sexes right and one of the questions i asked was could you marry somebody of a different faith right or or who's not even um religious at all right and i was shocked that a lot of people who were christian said they had no problems with that and um you know I, I really wanted to get your thoughts, Andrew, from a biblical standpoint of if someone is of a totally different faith or not religious at all. Um, like, what do you like? What is it? I mean, does is there, is there any does the Bible even talk about that at all? Yeah, actually, throughout Scripture, not even necessarily saying it directly. But uh, one of the things that I say when I do our men talk and I say, you know, in the ministry, I say this oftentimes. I said. I said, if you don't fight on the front end, you will cry on the back end. And a lot of times, and, and a true. lot of times what we do, we don't, we start off wrong expecting it to be right. And so what I mean by that is yeah, the, the way the Bible set up. And I, and again, my, my disclaimer is I'm talking everything from a filter of, of, of Bible believing or Bible seeking Christians. When you look at a Christian relationship, even a Christian marriage, there's no way that it could actually function in a healthy way unless they two, unless the two first even be spiritually compatible. You right. know, we hear things and, you know, we often hear things like don't be unequally yoked and different things of that nature, which that is true. But not only that, for what the man is to be to the woman and what the woman is to be to the man, which are two totally different things, despite what society say now, in order for that to even happen in a right way and you not be spiritual compatible, it's close to impossible for that to happen. But it is possible because the Bible also does show us a picture of someone being married to an unsaved spouse. And what do you do then? So I would definitely, I would never ever uh, um, prescribe it. But I would say if you've already made that that move and you are here now, then there's a different things that you need to do. So, yeah, I would never advise a, a Christian, a true Christian, get married to anybody in another faith. 
uh, because it's some incompatibilities that's definitely going to show up. And there's a deeper level of intimacy that you even never experienced with one another. All right, now let me ask this question. I'm gonna paint a picture, right? I like painting pictures. As uh, I see, know. I see artists. Come on, he cannot paint. Okay, so he cannot paint. <laughs> all right, so I'm a Christian young man, right? I'm this Christian young man. I go to church. I do, you know, what I'm supposed to do, right? But I meet this bad chick, right? She's fine. She's cool to hang out with. She's wonderful, right? But she not she not Christian. She don't go to church. So does that mean I throw her the baby away with the bathwater? Do I try to do I try to get my you know do I try to preach to her like you know what do you suggest? No missionary relationship. <laughs> so either one. Did you want to respond, Andrew? I mean, to me, you setting yourself up for failure. It's not our it's not our job to save. It's a, it's our it's our job to show you know our Christ love. Period. But you put yourself in, a, especially while you already said that she's beautiful and she's fine, so you're right. already physically attracted to her. Right. So then what happens is we start to make exceptions for the things that she's doing. You start to kind of um, dumb your Jesus down because you don't want to look as bad because you know you you cramping her style. So it generally doesn't work like that. You let God change people and then bring them to you. It don't. It, most people that end up not being with that person or that not being a good relationship for them because they were only with only in that situation because for you, for you in the relationship. Mm. What do you think, Andrew? And I'll start by saying by coming against one of the misnomers in our society that that says you can't help who you fall in love with. Actually, actually, you can. And a lot of times in our society, what we mistaken as love is just the hook. You know, it's because, you know, if you're in a certain most of us fall in love with people who are in the same vicinity. Had you had been in another born in another state, went to school somewhere else, there have been someone else that would have been your wife or ended up being your maid or whatever you want to call it. So there is a lot that we do have to choose in who we fall in love with. Normally what ends up happening, though, see, like the, the picture that you painted. That wasn't necessarily love. What that was, was the hook that could open up the doors to choose the option of love for that person. And one of the first things, especially for men, is what? Being visually stimulated. And so the hook for us is, for, and like I tell people, let's not get too spiritual here. The first thing you need to know in the mate, you need, they need to do something to you when you look at them. Mm -hmm. Because you ain't marrying Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So you need to be physically attractive because if you are not physically attractive to the person who you are choosing, you are setting yourself up later on to be in a bind fleshly. You know what I'm saying? You want you never want to be married and five and ten years down the road, you're looking with regret because they ain't somebody else is turning your eye. And so, but yeah, this whole thing about love at first sight, or excuse me, you can't pick who you love, you can't choose who you love. That's absolutely a, a false misnomer. You can, but normally what we do, we keep going, we see the hook and we take the bait and we we keep going by the path that the bait takes us instead of choosing, do I take this bait mm. or do I put it down? Mm -hmm. mm. Um, mm. Andrew, let me ask this question. Mm -hmm. When, okay, you've chosen your mate, you guys are equally yoked, all that stuff, right? What are some first steps and like, do you know this is the person you want to marry, right? Let's say she said yes already. 
what are some foundational things going into a marriage that a Christian should do um, to help get off on the right start when it comes to it? First and foremost, I would say, even if both of y'all are meaning yes, you want to still go back and revisit the non-negotiables. Everybody, man and woman, have non-negotiables. Some people know that they want kids. Some people know that they absolutely don't want kids. Some people know that they want this part of their family. You know, the non-negotiables that you both have, never marry against that. Never marry someone that you think their non-negotiable will change over the matter of time because you'll normally set yourself up then. So one of the first things I would say is even though y'all both think y'all want each other, make sure that y'all bring closure to y'all non-negotiables and that they're both compatible. And then I'll, and I'll leave with this. There's two things that every relationship need to work. And a lot of times when we preach, we don't, you know, it's amazing how the church has so many, what they call marriage prep classes. We have more of those now than we ever have, but divorce is, is on the rise more than it ever been. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons why it is, is because even though we mean well, we teach, we, a lot of times we only spend time on uh, whether we have, whether we are compatible. But we need to not only determine if we're compatible, compatibility can only determine if you fit well together. But it's this thing called chemistry. And chemistry not only determines if you fit, it determines if you, how well you maneuver the winds and the ways of life together. You see what I'm saying? And you need those two things. You need chemistry and compatibility. And a lot of times we neglect one and think, well, if I just got compatibility, then that's the right mate for me. No, 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 no. Because even though you may be a good fit, that don't mean that your chemistry is great and you need to have both. Amen. All right. Um, can I, can I chime something in on that? Sure, please. Um, he said that we do a lot of classes, like, I guess you're talking about premarital cap classes, but what I found, my husband and I, we went around to several different churches, people that, you know, everybody goes through premarital counseling. Like the state requires you to have four particular topics. And I can't remember off the top of my head. I know they, I know it's finance and, um, it's like four, it's, it's four total that you have to cover. You have to do an hour a piece. But why is it that we take longer to study for, say, study for our good, license, to, to buy a house? It takes more effort and continuing education, but we don't do that for marriages that's supposed to affect children generations. So what we did was we started to go around to different people and see what they taught. Even my dad, who's a pastor, when I looked at what he did, I think they don't go in detail enough. Like, a lot of women think we get married, okay, I got Facebook, we're going to get a Facebook together, so we ain't going to have our separate one. Or I, I now automatically get all your passwords. Men don't tend to think the same way. And we don't have those discussions. We just have these preconceived notions of what marriage is going to be when we get married. And we have a rude awakening when he's like, that's my privacy. This is my space. And you like, wait a minute. We married. Ain't no secret. You like, whatever. I got to be my own individual person. This is stuff that, and, and when we do premarital counseling, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. How many times you going to plan on having sex? You know, because you might think that I'm supposed to have sex once a, a week. He might be like once a day. Well, you need to have that conversation because, all right, that ain't gonna work for me. You know that up front. Don't get married and then all everybody and they preconceived notions about what their mama did, their daddy did, their auntie did. Now you want all of that stuff, and that's not fair to them. So when you, when you do premarital counseling, like I can't speak for everybody else, but the, but the sessions I've seen with a lot of different pastors was missing a lot of stuff that we just don't talk about. 
What about when you, my in-laws, when my family don't like you? What about like, oh, I'm just marrying you, not your family. That's not true. You gonna marry that boy mama. And his mama, like Cedric mama didn't like me when he got married. And it was hell for the first five years because listen, I can't make her like me, but I had to respect him as a mother. But then you got people, women cussing out their husband, mama, because the mama might be wrong, but that's still his mama. And so you do get, unfortunately, we bring garbage, a baggage into our marriages, our relationships. And sometimes you see somebody coming in, oh, can we get married? They got a little bit of cute tote. That's cute. But as soon as y'all move into y'all house, she keep bringing more and more baggage in. You like, wait a minute, I ain't know about all that. See, we don't know about all the baggage until we get in and we start to unpack. And you like, we don't have any more room in here, but we still got to deal with everything that you brought. So the the sooner we bring deal with that, because sometimes we have to deal with what's, what's hurting us first before right. we go ahead and say, I do. But we don't deal with what we just want to be married. Everybody else married. He looked good. He said, yeah, she whatever. No, she can be beautiful and be evil. And, and, and next thing you know, she looks so ugly. Mm -hmm. Why she look ugly now? Because her her attitude, her behavior. I got a family member that other day I was talking about cooking for her husband. He know I ain't, I don't cook. I ain't cook when I met him. <laughs> I said, but you mean to tell me that from year one to year 20, you don't change? Mm -hmm. And then she told me something else that they know I don't do this. And I said, that means you're, that means you're, you're maritally retarded. Mm. There's, there's retardation there. If you are the same as a one-year-old as you are as a 20-year-old, they would say you were mentally retarded, correct? So correct. it's the same thing. If you don't grow and you don't... Now, I'm not saying be got to be somebody totally different, but it might be. You can't be the same person. You're not spiritually, not in your job, not in your life. That mm -hmm. part, that's why you my sister, you need, and you must never fall. You know, I think it's also I think it's also good to mention here. Have we ever asked ourselves this question? Older people back then got married younger with mm -hmm. less information about one another and stayed together longer. Right. Right. But, so here's, here's but they stayed together and they weren't happy though, um, Crawley. But here's the they thing. Together, right. they, they, I agree. They believed in the principle of marriage. I'm about, and I'm about to get to that because here's one thing that we also and I this is I'm about to say a very un-American thing. Uh, God never told us that happiness. What you say was an absolute that we must have in our relationships. Henceforth, one of the you don't matter if you are marrying. Uh, and here's one of the biggest problems we have: unrealistic expectations. If yes. you are marrying, whether you are man or woman, if you are looking for a mate. To make you happy, I promise you, no human being can make you happy. I promise you. Not complete me. That's a and, and so and 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 that's an unrealistic expectation. So going back to chemistry, what do you do when the one you're with no longer makes mm. you happy, no longer satisfies you? Because normally we think we have an out, and social media, Hollywood tells us the moment your mate makes you unhappy, you have a right to be happy at any cost. And if we're going to say Christian, mm -hmm. the very saying? the very voice of the gospel is what? America don't like this, but self-denial for the greater good. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we should look for doom and gloom, but I'm just saying if it comes, have the peace that surpasses the doom and gloom. And so get, getting back to my initial point, the one of the reasons why the older people married younger 
knowing less about one another, but even bringing just as much, if not more baggage. It is because back then they based, they focused more on this thing that can supersede baggage management. Because you know what? Every human being will bring baggage to the table. And there's, right, no, that, and there's, and there's, I don't care how much counseling you go through, you can never outsmart baggage because it will always be there. And even when you've mastered whatever baggage they have when y'all get married, people change, like Sister Angie said, and there will be more baggage. So here's the thing that the older people that change. What used to happen is we used to focus on something that supersedes no matter how many baggage people brought to the relationship, and that is the decision. Mm. Here's one thing I want to submit to the people. There's a difference in between a decision and a choice. Well, normally what happens is we choose to marry people instead of making a decision right. to be with them for the rest of our life. Here's yeah. the difference between a de- here's a de- here's a difference between a decision and a choice. A choice a choice is a selection. So yes. it means you, it means you have an option A, option B, option C, option D. And what happens is when I make a choice, I select the one that right then looked like it's the best one for me. Here's uh-huh. the difference between a decision. Key word, if you pay attention to the last part of the word, isian, it normally means to cut off or to cut in. A decision is not a choice. It's not a selection. It is an elimination. Mm. So what happens in a decision is, is that a selection says, I got A, B, and C. Let me choose C. But if C don't work out for me, I didn't kill A, B, or D. I can always go back and choose something else. A decision says, I got A, B, and C, and D. I'm not going to choose one. I'm going to eliminate A. I'm going to eliminate D. I'm going to eliminate B. So all that I have left is C. Mm. Because if all, because think about it, people. Those of you all that, it's, it's a difference if you only have one car in the garage versus several. If you only have one car, you're going to make, if that car puts you down, you're going to duct tape the window. You're going to do whatever it takes (laughs) to make sure that even if that car puts you down and it makes you unhappy, it embarrasses you because of smoke coming out there, you will make sure you do whatever it takes because that's your only source of transportation. And what we, what happened is to us in our relationship with our American modern selves is we have too many options and the first, you can't get a divorce until you first see the other options as liable to you if you don't kill the other options they remain alive until the one you with makes you unhappy wow man, you know what? Listen, <laughs> man I, I need to catch if you are open i know man we have plans to wait that's for sure Listen, the doors of the church are open let me open, right? collection plate one one thing that i got that someone said to me today i had a lady call me and she said i think i'm done my husband no longer does it for me. She said, I love him, but I'm not in love with him. And I said, listen, you better fall back in love with him. And she said, what? I said, you know how many times I fall in and out of love with my, in and love with my husband? I said, when I told, my, I told God about my husband, he told me about me. Mm. And when I started to do what I was supposed Jeez. to do for him, regardless of what he was doing, then I fell in love with him worse than it was when we got married. And then he started to reciprocate because of my actions, regardless of what he was doing. So, you know, I know y'all heard this little thing with Fantasia and the submission and all the different celebrities, like I ain't submitting to nothing. That's why this world is the way it is. There is a a hierarchy for a reason. He's ahead. He's men are built for 
the stress and the struggle and to take care of house. We not built for that. We've done it because we've been on a line, but we that's not our that's not our makeup. That's why our bodies break down. We got so much stuff going on because we try to be the man. I don't want to be the man. Mm-mm. Where that side? Where that baby? I, you had to do that. We're gonna definitely get into that because I, I want to definitely uh, unpack that. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's do a quick shout out of the chat room. But Shannon, you got it? Sure. We have in the room today Dante, Big Bad Brad, Ron, Q, Tracy J, Jen, D, and Bobby O. All right. And I see some people are popping in and out. Uh, much, much respect to everybody that showed up. And um, so, Okay, so uh, you know I love painting pictures, right? So, dude, you better be an artist. I, I've already, I've already, I'm kind of a prophet in a certain way, and I've already emphasized no. that Shannon will be, uh, she she's gonna get married next year, right? So we need to help this sister out, and of course the listeners as well. Uh, what are some things as a Christian woman who I'm sure is gonna marry a Christian man? Um, that she can do as far as maintenance of a relationship, um, maintenance as far as Christianity, because th- th- we go through periods of time where we kind of, f- you know, fall astray. Right. And it's always good if you have somebody that can kind of, you know, put you back on point. So what are what are some things that um, that uh, you could do as kind of maintenance to your relationship uh, from a biblical standpoint? Now I'm trying now help me understand the question. Then when you say you said you said are, are you saying are you saying oh. maintenance before are you saying maintenance before you encounter no together with your mate and you've been together for some years. Okay. But then things happen, you know, uh you fall off. Here. Shannon got her hand up. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the picture we saw. You, your picture is right. Yeah, that's why I'm like, you gotta profit over my life because I'm not gonna be with nobody for some years and just be kicking it. No, I'm talking about like in a marriage or something like that. Okay, okay. You didn't okay. put that. Yeah. What are some so things you can do as a Christian? So you're, you're, to your your paint it again. Paint, paint your picture again. What can so you do as a Christian to keep the maintenance of your relationship on point? Oh, can I start? Mm-hmm. Yes, sister. Oh, come on, Angela. Lady. Ladies, <laughs> come on, Angela. Well, I'm talking to ladies first. Like, your husband shouldn't come home and see you in your mood when your head starts. Because you go outside giving the world your best and give him your raggedy and everything else. That's Keep good. Wash and clean, make your house nice and sleety. You know, cook him some food. That's like, cater to him. And now, man, you got to keep your behind washed and clean That's as right. well. Amen. And you got to still do stuff too. But I'm saying, women, I'm telling you, is you know one thing my husband said to me one time, he said, when you go out of here, you looking, you banging. He said, now, I, I get to see you leaving out the door. He said, "When you went out, but when I come home, all I see is Aunt Mama. <laughs> we wrap our head up. So now I ain't wrapping my head up till we both in that bed. And I'm, you know, I'm whatever I gotta do. I need him to see the beautiful side of me uh, when he comes in that door. Now I don't have on all my stuff, my suit and stuff I had on from the day. But I'm not gonna go put on no pajamas unless it's sexy pajamas. Now I know what he like, but." We just don't like we just we got him. We think that's it, baby. Let me tell you, it's somebody out there and some little hoochie at the job got a tight skirt on. You ain't wearing tight skirt no more because you say, okay, that's fine. But I'm telling you, he still got eyes. He's saved. He ain't blind. And so right. that same way your little skirt, how do you fit? Look at that. He want to see it. Let it even if it got to be in the house. 
put a dress on, whatever you need to do, but don't act like he ain't got eyes. He's not blind. And that's why you have, I think that's why you have so much infidelity. Not that they can't control themselves, but we just act like we just so safe. And he don't want you speaking in tongues while y'all, I mean, y'all ministering, but I don't speak in tongues at that moment. <laughs> I don't want it then. I don't want the show. Right. Speak in tongues, but just not them. <laughs> right, well, right, right, right. I'm just saying, but the, the problem is that's the one thing that men complain about when we do when we do um care marriage counseling for people that are in marriages and I fell out of love or if something is not there, the effort that you put to get him, you don't put to keep him. Right. If he was walking in the house, you spraying some perfume just to act like you just got out the shower. You ain't got no shower, everything else might not be clean, but you're gonna pretend. If you coming by, you gonna freshen up, powder your face. You gonna do whatever it takes to appear beautiful, even when you don't even feel your best in that moment. Why, when you get him, you look a mess all the time, and your homegirls looking—they banging, and you looking a mess. Mm. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm just saying. Just saying, girl. Just saying. Go past. I'm sorry. What, what about uh, what about us uh, fellas? What are some things that we can do as far as maintenance? To keep first wash your she said first wash your behind. Look, I had to have a talk with my husband. He did um before he did after before he went to UPS, he did construction. And so he came home. I was like, Yeah, we don't want salty, honey. Go 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 get that paprika <laughs> off. No, we don't mm -mm. I want a fresh anointing. Go get that taken care of. Yeah. And so sometimes we get comfortable, men. Uh -huh. Don't clean your nails. Y'all don't bathe your behind. Come on now. Breath might be a little tart. Go on, take care of that. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. All of that. All right. We want to see. We want to see our hunk come through the door too. We want to see that chocolate thunder, whatever it is that you like, that you whatever you fell in love with. You want to see that too. You don't want to always see broke, disgusting, can't be trusted. Do not fall into that kid's a troublemaker. So let's talk about, and I know this is your favorite part, Angie, because you do this all the time. Um, talk about dating after you're married. Oh, you want to go first, Carla? No, I was no, I was going to talk about the. I was going to answer the question. Oh, let, okay, okay, let him finish. Okay, we'll let him talk about and what men can do. Let the men say what they can do. I just had to throw that. Yes, no, no, all, all, all the ladies that want to tell you to wash your behind, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm distracted by the washer behind. Go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna. I, I was gonna leave that up to Angie as far as what the men and women should do because she gave some good advice there. I would just yes. say I'm just coming from a generic standpoint. Uh, because, uh, and the question was, uh, what are some of the best things we do, I guess, to, for maintenance in the relationship? And, um, as, as, as cliche as it's going to sound, I'm going to give you a reason why it's not cliche and it's not a cliche answer, but one of the best things you could do to, to have great maintenance in a relationship, both individually needs to start and continue to bathe in Jesus. Here's the reason why I say that. Uh, yeah. Here's the reason why I say that, because if you want to talk about the thing that maintenance, the, 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 the root word to maintenance is maintain, maintain. Okay. So if you want to maintain any good relationship, one of the first things you want to do is bathe in a presence that shows you not only self-denial, but pure love. Okay. Here's the reason. Jesus, like no one else, and being around him, there's a thing that I teach on called a transfer of fellowship. 
and it happens. It's a principle that can happen for. That's why you need to you need to be careful who you hang around with. Whoever you hang around with consistently, there's a transfer to happen, whether you like it or not, whether you even try to make it or not. And so, if the transfer of fellowship also works with Jesus, so if He rubs off on you and He shows you the difference, get this between love and care. One of the reasons why divorce is rampant is because people are going to the altar because they care for one another deeply versus yeah. love one another. There's exactly. a difference. And they're tricky because they look the exact same. Love and care, bro, they both bring flowers. They both treat each other nice on holidays. They both open the car door. They both wash up. They both make themselves presentable. They both have manners. The difference is their motivations are totally flip side. Mm. See, mm-hmm. care says, I'm going to do good things to you and for you as long as okay. I get out of you what I ultimately want from you. That part. Here's the thing about love, and Jesus showed us this. Love says, I do things for you and to you, even if it means dying for you. Even if I get nothing out of you that I want, because I want to see you doing good, even if it has to come at my demise or my expense. This yeah, is yeah, one yeah. reason, this is one reason why love can't die. And tell me, y'all, if you had two people, if you had a man, if you had a husband and a wife that both says, my love for you makes it says, I'm going to make you sure you're good at my expense. If you have two people saying that, then guess what? How can we spell divorce? How can we spell breakup? If you have two people saying, and I hate when people preach that, that, that marriage is like an ATM. You don't, you want to get in at what you put out. That is new age American garbage. And that's one of the reasons why we are ruining our marriage. We do for one another because it's as unto the Lord. Whether I get out of you, what I'm not. And of course, I'm not saying it's easy. Trust me. I'm, not, I'm saying it does take discipline. But one of the things that Jesus does that America doesn't is he shows us not to make idols out of ourselves. Mm. Sure, I want all the sex I want. Sure, I want to be treated and I want to be honored. And guess what? I'm do that. But Christ shows me how to treat my wife even when she don't act like the wife she needs to be. And it's the same for the husband. Our problem is we think that we're obligated to stop loving when we don't get the love that we want first. Mm. Mm. That's All right. right. So go ahead, Shannon. Andy, you ready? I've heard love is like an ATM, but I heard it in a different different aspect, not that you stop mm-hmm. doing it. No, uh, it was it was more of a when when people wonder why like this person's not doing this for me and doing that for me. Like you have just absolutely obsoleted yourself from the relationship. Like it's all about do for me, not me do for you. Like everybody's not being a servant to each other. So that I, I heard in a little different aspect, but it's the same principle as, as what you're saying love is. So when I've heard it used, it was different. So that was the first time I heard it used in that way. So go ahead, Sister Shannon, what you got going on, Cheryl? Talk to us about dating after marriage. Why it's so important that you should continue to date? Again, the same thing we just talked about with presentation, letting your spouse see you in, you know, in, in your best and not your worst. And it doesn't like I said, you might not be what you did when you walk out the door in the morning, but you don't want them to see you. Somebody said, "What's a moo moo?" Y'all don't know what a moo moo is. That was with them. It's like that robe your mama had on. It's, it's like that robe your mama had on. It's all one piece. It's, it's almost a house coat. My mama didn't wear no moo moo. 
<laughs> well, my mama wear boomer. My mama warm. She wear mm. all that stuff, honey. She wear moo That's why I feel like moo It wasn't no joke. My mama bought me a moo moo. Oh, really? Oh, oh my bad. I thought you were kidding. All right. Nah, all right. Look, my husband bought me a moo moo. My mama bought me a moo moo. My husband threw it away. Like, I don't, this, I never got to put it on. He was like, oh, we don't do this. I don't know what. No, you got to move the stage. Yeah, wait, I ain't going to never get a moo moo stage. You, you're 90. You can wear a moo moo at 90. Not a no. <laughs> you can wear a gown, but not a necessarily moo moo. But anyway, the importance yeah, of dating is that you 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 have to feed your relationship. You know, but well, you're making so much noise. You have to feed your relationship. And so no matter what, we have life that go on. Life, children, family, health, work. And too often we come home, we dump on our spouse everything that we got from the day. So all they get to see is the logistics of the relationship side, you know, this person ain't do this, this happened, and my job was stressed for day. But we don't just get to sit and look each other's eyes and remember why we fell in love. Like, you know what? You ever just sit and look at your spouse and be like, that's my baby right there. But sometimes when life is just busy, you don't even take time to see. You just don't stop. You need to go back and invest into your marriage. You know, spend time. See, because your goals at year one is different than your goals at year five. Find out what his goals are now. He might be one of the king of the world when y'all first got married. Now he might just want to um, own a car dealership. Mm -hmm. Okay, baby, well, how can we help you accomplish that? What are the steps you need to take? Like, you have to see where you are. Because if we did a thing where people said, what's your, what, if, you're, if you can give your spouse a dream car or their dream job, what would it be? And when I tell you the couples that been together long didn't know what their spouses was because they were going on something that was very old. That means that you are not intimate enough to have those conversations. Just have to spend downtime to invest. Like the awful thing is that when we did our 10 year wedding renewals, when I found out my husband's favorite color, why was that horrible? It's because we were going through the motions of marriage, but we weren't spending time. We were almost essentially roommates. I didn't know what he liked. Like when they would start asking questions, I was like, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. All I knew is what I liked because I was selfish. I didn't Think about being a servant to my husband and putting him first. So I had to sit and have a conversation with, baby, you know, and it broke me down. Because I was like, I would have told you I knew everything about him. I'm blah, 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 blah. Mm -mm, I knew nothing. And I had to go back to square one. I had to start to study my man and find out what it is that he like, what he don't like. Because I'm not going to do the things on purpose that he does not like. Why do you feel that way? Why do you respond that way? You find out something that happened before in his past. This chick used to do this. Doesn't mean that you can't do it, but you have to understand why he responds the way he does. I'm just saying. So I just think it's important to date, to keep investing, to keep to see where you are. How y'all gonna conquer the world together if you don't even know what his ways? Y'all could be going two separate directions. Right. This is all true. Hey, for the date, Mr. Andrew, Pastor Sir, you wanna add to that? That's my own. I didn't say so you want to add to it. Oh no, no, no. She she did great. I'm she did fine on it. Now I, I didn't got his I offer. Bet, I might have cash up in his offering. I bet, I bet uh, <laughs> people didn't didn't think, you know, it wouldn't be a Mars Venus episode if we didn't mention sex. And uh I bet y'all thought we weren't gonna bring it up, but yes, we are. Uh y'all know y'all gotta bring it up when I'm on here. Uh yeah, uh, uh Steph uh Steph came at the right time. Um so let me ask this question, right? B besides it being a sin, 
uh, and uh, oh, LA just came in the room as well, as well, dimples uh, as well. Besides it being a sin, not not just that it's a sin. What are some reasons? Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Andrew. Why someone shouldn't have sex before they get married? Besides it being a sin. Uh, one of the besides it being a sin, which we know for true Christians, that's enough for us because. Sin is not only just seen as a bad thing. It's also seen that if you're in relationship truly with Jesus, with your heavenly father, you don't do anything that purposely hurt his feelings or that he purposely don't like. So if you're in a relationship with anybody, you don't say, well, I'm going to do this to my wife because I know at the end of the day she ain't going to divorce me. Then that's not love and that's not care. So a lot of times when we look at sin, we only look at it from the standpoint of right or wrong. And we don't look at it from the standpoint of how does that make the one who I'm in relationship with, my heavenly father, feel because I don't want to do anything that purposely disrespect him and thank him for his grace and his mercy that when I do, you know what I'm saying? He has grace and mercy, but still, even though I know he won't divorce me at the end of the day, quote unquote, I don't do it just because I know it hurt his feelings. But moving on just from the sin aspect, one of the things that the I'm world would also admit. I'm talking about pre-marriage though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about pre-marriage. Fornication. Yeah. Fornication. Yeah, fornication. One of the, one of the things that scientists <laughs> would tell you is that when you have sex with a person, it has been scientifically proven that you are left with part of their DNA. Like every person that you have sex with, the Bible puts it like this. Sex is the only sin that takes place inside or against the body. Yep. That should tell us something. So even if just out the fact that it's a sin, when you have sex with somebody, you never they never leave you totally you never leave them you leave they leave you leave with a deposit of them and they leave with you your blood's put and that's the thing that we need to understand about that not only that not that's a physical reason let's talk about let's talk about a psychological reason and a mental reason it is because it sets you up for failure when you do meet the one that you really want to be in a relationship with because guess what it's one of the reasons why two virgins that's never had sex get together and marry and more than likely they don't get a divorce is because at their first release, it is the most, not only the most powerful, but it is also something that they don't have anything else to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Our problem is we want to fully love the ones <laughs> that we with, but we still got Johnny and Tim and Moses in the back of our mind. Well, and that's one of the things psychologically and mentally. When you come to your wife or to your spouse, you want to be able to love them fully, and it's hard to be able to do that if you have something here to compare it to, even if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. How do you get rid so of that? That's a psychological and a, that's a psychological and a, a, a physical reason. And, uh, and you know, because you know, we often talk about that. I mean, I, I didn't want to just be like, well, it's against the Bible, you know, like right. like what are some reasons why not? Um uh, one other question that I'm gonna get into the uh, body of a relationship in terms of sex. I want, I want to respond to that, mm-hmm. Kente. Sure. sure. It also clouds your judgment when you really okay. Does. So sex is one of the things that releases endorphins, and that's exercise, chocolate. There's a few things, but it clouds. How many times have you been with somebody and then later on you see them at the out on time? You like what? In, what was I thinking? You weren't. That was those endorphins. That was sex. That cloud because because. You saw all the, the red flags, the, that is so true. the stop, go away signs, but because you were intimate and the sex might have been good, he might have laid it down, she might have had an extra hula hoop or whatever the case may be, now you can't <laughs> think clearly. And then when you look later, you like, this ain't nothing I want to take on my mama, 
to I don't want to take her to the corner store, but yet and still I've been with her for all this time because that hula hoop was good, and so you forgot to all so red true. flags. You you putting look, Shannon, you put that that cloth on it. You put a cloth over those red flags. You trying to decorate the red flag when you know that means stop. But because your endorphins and that and that sex has messed <laughs> up, you are running past like running all the red lights. Like the red lights are that means stop, not slow down or hurry up and run through it. It means stop. But we run past it when we have sex. Especially when it's good, we run past it. <laughs> you know what? I've been there and yeah. looked back and said, "What the devil was I thinking?" I mean, me and my husband ran into somebody today. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't tell him about him at all." Like that. Ain't nothing know, good about that whole package at all. But you know, I'm saying. It was and you know what? That's that time, and so my um, mind went right. No, and just, and just real quickly, I just want to not only amen that, but we don't even understand as a society how far what she just said goes. And so a lot of times we don't understand. We mistaken what we mistaken for. I just can't stop loving this person. We it ain't it ain't that you can't stop loving them. It's just that you still connected to them. And a lot of times we misrepresent the connection for love. And it ain't that you love this person and you can't stop thinking about them. It's the level that you all have built the connection. You have it disconnected from them, and you mistaken that for love, and that's and that lines mm -hmm. up exactly with what she said. So I just wanted to add that in there very quick. You know what we can how we can get out this DNA off? Yep. You said they leave, they leave residual. How I get out this DNA DNA off? I want to get back to. I'm, I'm going to get back in just a second about sex in in the body of a relationship, but but this one's kind of controversial, and I've heard different ways. Um, is masturbation a sin? Does, no, and does, no, the Bible, no. does the Bible even talk about that, Andrew? Now, the Bible don't necessarily, you can't uh, pinpoint like a lawful statement in the Bible that says, thus says the Lord, masturbation is a sin. You know what I'm saying? But what you can do is that, and this is one of the, this is why one of the things about it is that you not only need the scriptures, not, not, I'm not, now I'll never say the scriptures are not the word of God and they're not enough. I'm just saying the scriptures themselves let you know that you just can't come to the scriptures and get everything you need to live the spiritual life because the scriptures also prescribe not only the scriptures, but also godly wise counsel and good Christian fellowship. So, but because in, in, in the culmination of all those things, one of the things that will come up on is that think about this. What Notice what goes on in your mind while that action of masturbation is happening. And that should tell you, you know what I'm saying, one of the major reasons why it's a sin. And that's the thing about, and not only that, but like the Bible says, don't even create spaces and opportunities for your flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And one of the things that masturbation opens up, not only is it a form of self-love, like the Bible does speaks about, or quote unquote, uh, self-worship one of the things that it also that also does is our mind goes places that it shouldn't go and therein and again it is a sexual act that there again you still are bringing something else to compare when you are with your mate too hmm. okay interesting um okay so let's let's get back let's continue on the top topic of sex um are there things that a husband and wife can't do sexually with each other? I mean, obviously not bringing somebody else into the situation. I'm talking about just 
don't, don't say that because a lot of Christians that do. They like, <laughs> I, I mean, just between a husband and wife, they, they say you always here to always hear the bed. What is it? The, the bed, the bed is on the file. You heard you talking about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, can you explain that? And are there things that, um, I mean, is it anything a Christian husband and wife do is is cool? Like, you know, are there things that is not biblically sound in the bedroom? Andrew, did you want to go? You call it. Oh, uh, you talk, oh I yeah, you. let's start with you, Andrew. Okay, cool. Well, it's not one of those things. Again, it's not one of those things that's plainly brought out in Scripture. And I reserve the right to say me not knowing everything or whatever. When it comes to something that I don't know, I'll just say that I don't know and bow out gracefully or I'll get back to you. So mm-hmm. I would leave it as this. I have I have never come across, thank God, a situation where I had to do, you know, some marital counseling, giving marital advice about what can and can't go on in the bedroom. Of course, like you said, it is whatever happens. It's supposed to be just between you and your wife. But mm-hmm. there are some <laughs> things that, you know, but not only that, we need to understand that even, I guess, watching things together of other people, even though that's just with your wife, it's still bringing other people in. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so anything yeah. like that, of course, is a direct no-no. Of course, it's a direct no-no. When it, when it talks about not, a lot of people have taught, you know what I'm saying, elders and people who admire on both sides that you can't do this, you can't do that. And then people talk about going back to the origins of Sodom and Gomorrah when it comes to some sexual acts as far as oral sex and different things of that nature. I personally, myself, uh, haven't gotten around to telling married people what they could and couldn't do outside of letting them know that don't bring anybody else in there with you. Just let it be between you and your husband and your wife. So I reserve the right to say to plead the fifth on that and right. say that I don't I won't I don't want to place a law on something that I don't have law for. But therefore, I'm also not I'm not saying amen and saying do whatever you want to even. Yeah, so no sexual prayer circles. Uh... <laughs> you know, <laughs> my gosh, no, sadly, even though some folks are having them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, a guest, frequent, there's a frequent guest on this show who they do naked church, so uh, yeah, you are, I'm yeah, not kidding, yeah, 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 I'm a, um, we're gonna have to uh, talk about that one day. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it's in New York. And and thus and thus is the reason why we need to stop calling everybody who calls themselves a Christian or go to church a Christian. Because Christianity Correct. is one of the most it's one of the most not only watered down, but it's one of the most it is the only religion that you can come and tell and make it for whatever you want it to be, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And so we get so much a wide array of and we call so many people Christians that just simply aren't saved. But anyway, go ahead, sir. Ron talking about is old people. Yeah, it's a mixture. <laughs> he says the old he, Ron's silly. <laughs> Probably people you don't want to see naked. <laughs> so the bed, what they say? Well, I'm so I'm terrible. The, bed is, the bed is undefiled. Yeah. So what's that mean to you? The uh, beard? Angela. I'm gonna go ahead and amen what Crowley say, but me and my husband get it in. We <laughs> So whatever he wanted, how he wanted, we gonna do it. I'm just gonna tell you. We ain't bringing nobody else in. We ain't watching nothing. If he need a stripper, I'm gonna pretend to be her. We gonna role play, baby. That's what we do. Look, air fries. Look, right. Whatever we need to do, I, I, we can do that in the room. We could shut up, Ron. <laughs> I can't let you be with Cedric no more at all. 
but you know, like, but but good, like I did. You know, one of the things I think people get to do flirt. Like my husband, my kids, my my son in here now. He was like, ugh, because like I walked by my husband, smacked me. You know, in that area, shut up. He's my nasty. But, you know, like people forget to flirt. Like you flirted before you before y'all got married. Y'all, fl- you forget to flirt. Mm-hmm. That's what leads to the anticipation of when you. You know, take you to the king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, my, my my husband and I flirt all the time. Now that's dope. Uh, but you would believe it how so many people don't flirt anymore. I, I just like I think I tell you about if I said I, I not only love my husband, I like my husband. I enjoy his company. We like when something happens, I want to call him first. Like I don't want to call no homegirl. I want to call my husband. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, good that's just me. That's now, good Here's now here's the thing, Andrew, that we they off they talk about a lot now. And there's um this thing about gender roles and what is expected in relationships. And oh, it's, it's definitely changed quite a bit. And you hear a lot of things. So biblically speaking, Andrew, what are a Christian we'll say from a Christian uh standpoint, what are the gender roles as far as husband and wives? How are they defined uh biblically? Um, that the the man's role in a relationship as uh, in a marriage, as well as the 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 woman or the wife. Um, the, the, give the whole thing and give it all to him. <laughs> they don't have time for me to give it all to him, but I just say <laughs> when you look in the New Testament, there's several scriptures that give the overall generic mindset. And I want to start by saying this because people look at the biblical roles now as old fashioned and negative because they don't understand right. the motivation behind them. God being the manufacturer, the one who manufactured all humanity understands what makes us work the most effective and efficient way. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why we're seeing so many spiritual, not only spiritual, but societal illnesses is because we in God's way. And here's the thing. So we have created another way to think that it's and we think our way is going to ultimately bring what we want. I'm not only a living witness, but the Bible lets us know that when it takes humility to embrace biblical roles as husband and wife, but that humility will bring you to a place where your mind and your body will ultimately get what it needs, both man and husband, both man and wife. If you, God knows what you want and what you ultimately need, because here's the thing about every woman and every man, we think we different. We are more alike than we are different. I don't care if you're black, white, whatever. Everybody have the same essential needs and every husband and wife. And so here's the thing. God had a formula to make sure that all those needs are ultimately met and they are defined in the biblical roles. But if you come in pride, you would definitely look at them as something that restricts you. And we don't understand that. No, the reason why so many women now are crying that there are no good men and there aren't is because for one, Men stop being ultimately responsible. I like how you put it, and I say it a lot of times. I think Angie said, what we try to do now in a marriage is we try to make lovers roommates. The difference between lovers and roommates is roommates split everything 50-50. So you can be an authority by Wednesday through Saturday. I'll be an authority Monday through this and that. And you can just got, I got this much authority and you got, and you can and you can wash dishes like I can wash dishes, or you can go to work like I go to. That's roommates. You split everything down the middle. Lovers aren't like that. Lovers say, let me do my part to make sure that we fit and it's going to be easy for all of us. And so the biblical roles in marriage makes the man ultimately responsible. That means physically as well. And hello, what woman out there don't want a man that is responsible 
and can know his place and can provide and protect the house. Right. What woman don't want yeah. it? Don't send your wife to the door. Yeah, what, what woman don't want that? And I know men, because of society, stop doing that as a whole. And it's a shame. My heart go out to the sisters because of the slim pickings. No, but there. the women said, no, the women say that, no. They say, I don't want no man. I can protect myself. I can protect myself. Yeah, and they, myself. And so they the, women, the women set that mess up. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually, actually, what, actually what happened was whenever a society falls, it always start with the one who had a jurisdictional authority. And so, you can only get out of place once first the, the women can't get ultimately out of place until the one who's in jurisdictional authority the man gets out of place that's what happens that's why we see with ahab and jezebel not only that go back to the book of genesis there's a reason why even though eve quote unquote went against god first god didn't intervene until stuff really got out of order after adam went against what god said and there's a reason for that and that's what we don't understand god covers women Women have to be submissive, yes, and they have to. But here's the reason why they don't understand it: in submission, it's kind of even unfair because in submission, they are covered to a certain degree. That all you have to do is honor and obey your husband. If he get off and cause some bad things to happen to the whole family, guess who God is coming for? He's only coming yeah. to the women based on them not submitting. He's coming to the man based on them not protecting and doing what they should do by a submitted vessel called the wife. Hey man, man, I love that. Can't I'm gonna, I'm, I gotta paint you a I'm picture. Gonna, I'm gonna take that clip out, huh? I gotta paint you a picture. Let's do that. You paint pictures. Listen, since he want to paint pictures, almost every how many people played with Mr. Potato Head when he was growing up? I did. Okay, so the object of Mr. Potato Head, you took the different mouth. You started with a potato, but you took this different eyes off this one and lips on this one, and a lot of times. What did that potato look like when you got finished? Like mm-hmm. some kind of alien or some mutant something, right? Right. <laughs> That's what we do to our, our relationships. So I want I want this out of Pastor Crawl. I want this out of Kente. So I'm taking the ears off of here and the eyes off of here and I'm taking this off of this. And now you got this mess that you don't even know what it is you want. You said what you want is what you put together and it ain't what you want in the end. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful how too. we try That's to good. I want this out of this man. And you're like the other day, my husband said, be careful how you want what you, I, well, I said, be careful how you want what you see other people have. He said, if they don't want their relationships, like I would want my husband to be like this person's husband, or I want my wife to be like this person's wife. Like you got to be careful what it is. First of all, you don't know what they went through to get, get to that space in their life, mm-hmm. but be careful. Cause you don't know what you see is what you, what you really getting. That's we good. just look at these, you know, we put on filters for everything. That's so good. And yeah. so many people got beautiful Facebook pictures and their marriages are rotten. Mm, I've had true. some of the, it, it was a guy that I used to tell, say all the time, he always writing nice stuff, his wife on Facebook, my husband's not a, a social media person. You always write beautiful stuff and you this, that, and the other. And then I was like, you need to be more like such and such. And then he was like, Mm-mm. he said, I'm telling you something ain't right with that. They end up coming to see when he had been cheating on her for years. All that extra stuff he was doing was, you know, makeup stuff. He said, do you still want me to be like him? And so oftentimes we want something and we try to create what we want. But when we get what we want, it is not what we anticipated. Yeah. And we bit off more than we can chew. Mm-hmm. So be careful what it is that this, this this creature that you create. And when you're taking the nose off this person, the eyes off this person, the personality off this person, because you're going to get you a mutant. And you stuck with this mutant can, Ninja Turtle. Can, can a marriage survive... <laughs> 
can a marriage survive infidelity in your mind? They can. Who are you talking to now? Uh, uh, Andrew, we'll start off with Andrew. Not only can they, but they have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so, but here's the thing. It can survive it if we have the fruits, you know what I'm saying, of not only the spirits, but the fruits that's needed in every relationship. One of the things that one of the things about self-idolatry is that it's in is that of is that it's inability to see one's own self. One of the reasons why we stick our noses up, not only at our spouse, but other people and think we're so great is because we don't have a true healthy picture of what our mess look like. It's amazing how it's amazing how we want our mistakes and wrongdoings to be understood. Like I heard somebody right. say, but we want the mistakes of others to be dealt with and judged immediately. And one of the things about us is that we have to understand that, you know, a person that is really unforgiving have no clue about how much mess they constantly do to Jesus on a daily basis. And he still choose not to consume us and destroy us immediately. He still wakes up every day as if we have done nothing wrong. He still let us breathe every piece of air that we have as if we have mm-hmm. never sinned. And what we need to do is if we're going to if, if marriages are going to survive infidelity and that goes back to love, do what Jesus did. The church, the church went a whoring on God and Jesus. Israel went a whoring on God when you look at the Old Testament. But guess what? He wanted it back because he loved the church. And that's one of the things about pride. If you start by looking at your own mess, even though you may not have did something just like them. You may have done something just as worse, or you definitely did something just as worse to Jesus. So if we start with that mentality that I want to love my spouse, and again, when I'm talking like this, I'm never saying it's not hurting. I'm never saying it's not hurtful. I wouldn't wish infidelity on my worst enemy. It is hard. That's one reason why I sin, because of what it does to people mentally and stuff like that. I wouldn't wish it on them. But just to simply answer your question, yes, a marriage can and they have if you choose to amen all right all right all right, all right. okay so listen i want to read this one scripture can sure, sure go ahead it says it's romans it's first i meant first corinthians 13 and 5 and i talked about this today when they said when it's about love and it said it is not rude it is not self-seeking it is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered it does not take into account wrong endure in, in in different versions that say love does not keep count i what i said to people if and i'm not talking about the infidelity part of it just saying that we in in relationships in general we want to point fingers at everybody else but how many times have you messed up and somebody had to forgive you yeah. over and over again and if they kept count of your dirt you won't even have time to point for this yep. so when when you truly love it is like I tell my husband, it's Team Thomas. So we're not going to fight each other. We're going to fight the problem. What's the problem? How can we work together to get it done? So as long as you say this is a team mentality, then it's never a problem. When they, like, I, I saw a couple of days he was frustrated, and I think he thought I was going to jump on the side of, like, why is this not and whatever. And I said, baby, this Team Thomas, what do we need to do to get it done? That right there, Listen, let him know, okay, that's good. we might not battle together. Listen, when I say so, that's good, that is great, Angie. That's good stuff. Well, thank now, you. Look, I'm, this, trying to, I'm trying to get this, it in my offering. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this question: um, How do you how, how do you choose a church home? Um, like, Ooh. say, like you you, <laughs> oh, you no, move to a new no, place. No, no, no. Like, no. like what, <laughs> what are some things that we should be looking for when it t- to choose a church home? 
Uh-uh, I'm gonna say your first thing. It ain't about you. What's gonna make you happy? Go ahead, say that part. Go ahead, go ahead. That's what Crowley, he gonna go there because we always look for what's gonna make us happy. Go ahead, Crowley. No, I mean, it's just a, no, go ahead, sis. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, I was gonna say it's the truth, though. Marriage ain't about happiness, it's about holiness. Yeah. And well, then, she, no, but she said, he said, how you choose a church home. But we talked about this on the show the other night. Oh. But then we talked about this in Bible study, too. We always like, I want it because I need a praise place that's gonna make me feel this way or make me whatever. Uh-uh, it ain't nothing about you at all. Feel you ain't and none of the Bible say go somewhere that's gonna make you happy. Where, where, show, me <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Hmm? show me, show me, show me about go to the church got the best praise and worship. Man, come on now, because the church I'm at, it ain't about me. But I'm saying, but you but people jump ship because the praise and worship not good enough, or they don't sing my song enough. Or they don't let this person lead them. Like the stuff that people say, I gotta find a place that's gonna do this and the other. And and it wasn't until we had that discussion the other day, other week, Crawley, that I I started. I, somebody else had a whole conversation with me, and it was about me, 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 me. And it's not I, but Christ. What, I mean, what what happened to? It's about Christ. Like let God lead you where you need to go, and it's not about your list of things that you need. And sometimes, but we don't think like that. This society. Yo, what you say? This American society has messed us up to think that everything is about us. Mm -hmm. The whole premise of Christianity is servanthood. Yeah. So how can I serve? How can I be the best woman of God, man of God that I can be? How can I not? What can you do? What have you done for me lately, Janet? <laughs> but that's what we do. That our whole mentality is messed up. What, what what song you gonna sing today? Who preaching? And how long you gonna last? And you know, I don't know. I don't think we should do all that. And I ain't got time. It's too hot. It's too like no. I mean, that part right there, Crawley got me excited about that. I ain't gonna lie to you. I had to, I let let him get on that because he uh mm -hmm. he bring it home another way. But we had that on the topic on the show, and we had that at church. And I was just like, we just have have it all messed up. Mm. That's good. So, uh -uh, probably don't call he he's the uh <laughs> the often the finisher go and finish this on that well no i just um the, the moment i heard that question because that has kind of been my line of work for the last nine years i deal with ecclesiology with church and because it's at fault of just not it's it is the church's fault it is the leader's fault as well as it is the people's fault that we look at church from a consumeristic mindset and so we look at church like we look at Walmart. I'm going to come here. I'm going to pick what I want off the shelf. I like this piece of candy here. Give me this Jesus here. Give me this choir here. Give me this preacher here. And then I'm going to get what I need and go home. I don't need any other shoppers at Walmart. I'm coming to Walmart. We treat church like consumerism. How many people come to Walmart? A whole lot. But Walmart is not based on how many relationships can be built between shoppers. You don't have to know who got shot with Walmart, which y'all all are in Walmart trying to get what y'all individual sales want and what you individually. So what do norm, the three biggest that most people choose uh, make decisions based on whether they want to choose a church is what? Y'all already said it. The music. Praise and worship. The music. And that ain't. And I got a video out there for those of y'all to go to my, my, uh, my Kingdom Alliance where I deal with true praise and worship. But anyway, that's another thing. They, but it's the music, the preaching, and guess what? The kids ministry. And quote unquote, yeah, and quote unquote, those are ministry, three things that they just yeah, told and me. quote unquote, kids ministry really means those who are gonna babysit my kids while I can shout and free me up to shout and do what I want to do. 
So, mm -hmm. but those three things are not what we should be looking for to make a decision. Ephesians 4 tell us that the reasons why we have gifts in the body and the reason why we should have church leadership, God-ordained church leadership, it is to grow the saints up that come to church to do ministry themselves. Yes. Not to come to church to forever, to forever rely on a minister. We've gotten church mm. all wrong. That's, I spent a lot of time debunking how we've done church and how leaders still propagate church and how to now the members still look at it. And this is why we, we don't even know how to be a community because America says, tell them make Jesus, get what you want and then leave. And then when your supply is low, you'll come back to Walmart when you low on bread, milk and eggs. And that's exactly how we treat the church. Don't find a place where not only you have a leader that's a good preacher, because like I also teach, just because somebody preach well, don't mean that they lead well. And you can't determine mm. how good your leader is until you first have access enough to his life, which the average Christian, mm. the average churchgoer don't know their pastor. They only know their performance. They don't know them. Mm. Damn. Mm. Oh, wow. I love Mosaic, start asking <laughs> a question about, about, about we talked about unequally. Yo, you just said, you gave us a picture, um, Kente, you said, of a couple is, unequal, is, is equally yoked. And then you talked about relationship. We didn't talk about what it was That's because true. people just think it means when you talk about what it is, they just think about saving us, um, saving unsaved. Yep, but yep. then there's different levels. Like if you a baby in Christ, and then God got me ministering, there's gonna be different things that that's or you know, or he's like he's he's a pastor. You got a girl. You got somebody just got saved yesterday. Like there's different levels that that's unequally yoked as well. There's different levels to unequally yoked, and people don't talk about right. that. They just automatically assume it's Save and unsave. And I, it, so yeah. we didn't talk about right. that. Right. And I, I don't want to elaborate, but just to piggyback up there, I want to make mention that just because two people claim to be saved and churchgoers don't mean that they are automatically equally yoked. You can have two saved people, quote unquote, that can still be unequally yoked. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Do you think dating someone outside of your religion is being unequally yoked? Definitely. Yeah, we kind of... Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Yeah. But it's it's interesting that how so many people don't see that as a thing. Like, you know, I'm like, that's but they but he just told you about Christians. Everybody that say they're Christians not they 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 true. Christians by just saying, I go to church or I just told God, you know, I love God or I, I have a relationship. But just because they say they're a Christian don't mean it. You can tell. You can tell. You, know, you will know the tree by the fruit they bear. You true. can tell. Yeah, like there's you some people that you know you see them, and you can't tell they're a Christian. They do all the stuff that you do, that you do when you you know uh, they go to all exactly. the, the the spots that you go to. You know they talk the same way, and then they be like, "Oh man, I gotta I gotta uh, go to church uh, tomorrow." <laughs> you know, right? right. And that's the thing, and that's one of the things going back to how we hold church. Church set people up. And it pat them on the back for having a form of godliness. So we tell you, as long as you come every Sunday and you give consistently, you are a good Christian. And I'm telling you, demons can come to church every Sunday and give tithes and offerings. And we've made mm -hmm. we've made Christianity so shallow and that we don't even understand that it's not even meant to grow people up. It's just meant to be. It's nothing more than spiritual entertainment. It's nothing more than just like the club. We've made the church just like the club. You go to a place and where people have what they think common interest and you are entertained off that common interest so it, but again i could go in on the church all day i don't want to do that but just Pastor, to mention, do you, see, you have a question in the bottom d says what if you are marrying someone going to a different church 
how do you make the decision of which church to go to or should they find a different church altogether? So now the it first thing I'm going to say, talking. huh? I said it was appearing as if he was still talking or is that just me? Who? Never mind. It looked like he was talking while you were talking, but I couldn't hear him. I think he was. I think he was just licking his lips. He was doing his LL Cool J thing. Well. <laughs> I'm just messing with him. Um, well, my this is my take, and Pastor can go on how you do. If, if you're if you're doing it what we say the Christian way, I, I'm gonna follow my husband. Now that's why it's important to make sure who you are a, a, a lot. Who are you going to be underneath? Is following God and not thing. just somebody that look good. Or talk good or saying the right thing. You have to have some time to, to see how that thing, how does he respond in traffic when somebody cut him? How does he respond in those times? When you spend a little time with somebody, you get to see who they are, and then you'll know because he ain't gonna lead you the wrong way. Right. And if he do, you know I trust him enough to correct this. I'm still following my husband. But I'm gonna say this because people say I'll follow him when he's doing the right thing, but if he's doing this. That ain't right. what the Bible says. Oh, say I don't that. I follow you when it's convenient. Ooh. I don't get to follow you when I like what you do. That's good. You can't pick and choose when you're submissive. You don't have no part-time submission. Either you're going to submit to him or you're not. Obedience better than Either you're in or you're not. I submit to my husband because the ultimate responsibility on him. I don't always like, but my husband does value my opinion. So I talk to him. But if he makes a decision other than what I think, that is on him. You got That's it. Hard. And you know what? What we don't under we we here's one thing we don't understand about church. Church is never here to replace family. It's only here to add to the family. So if ever you allow church to take away from your family, then it's not in its proper place, and either you are not in your proper place. So, to, to, but to bring it back on what Angie said, one of the things that I tell husbands is that when you're looking for a mate, the first thing, and I've heard ministers get this wrong. They say the first thing you want to look for in a woman is if she's a good mother. You know, this, that, and the third. No, 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 no. The first thing you want to look for in a wife is if she is a good follower. Now, on the other end, women, what do you look for in a husband? Look to see if he is a good leader. And not only if he's a good leader, can you trust his leadership? Never marry a man, never marry a man that you're not confident in his leadership. Because here's the thing about leadership. It's not that, it, that we don't get it wrong sometimes. It's but that we are... But it's the ultimate big picture. You're going to be covered even when we make mistakes in our judgment. We're going to own up to our mistakes and say, I did make the call, but I'm sorry, baby. I'm going to own up to it. And either way, I'm still obligated to make sure you're good. So that's the thing to go back to piggyback on what Angie says. If, if women look for responsible leaders and if husbands look for great submissive followers, what would happen is, and I never, ever, 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 even preachers, I hate preachers who have what they call multiple churches and they send their wife to quote unquote past a different church than what you do. You totally don't even know what church is for because it's to give an example of what a good loving husband and wife relationship should be like. So not only that, I never ever ask anybody. It is not good for a husband and a wife to go to two different ministries. It is not good. And so just like I end with what Angie was talking about, wives, go wherever your husbands are leading you. Right. I love it. I love it. Man, this is such a great conversation. And it was definitely something I've been wanting to do for quite a, a long time. And I really appreciate Huh? I said because he's been a heathen all these other times. 
Well, you know, <laughs> you know what? I'm trying to I'm trying to get right. But uh, no, I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, and like I said, big shout out to Ron, who was in the chat room a little bit earlier. Thank you, My dude. brother. Yeah, well, I, I really, appreciate I, you, baby. Yeah, I, I love you. I love his program. I love you guys on it. And um, when I heard you, uh, uh, brother Andrew, mm-hmm. on the show, I really just connected. I, I I've talked about you before with Angela, you know, and um, I really just wanted to have you on and talk about it because the truth is, you know, I'm 42 years old, right? And uh-huh. I've definitely seen a huge change in the way that we do life as <laughs> as human beings, right? And um, in the last five years, there's been a huge change in the last 10 years for sure. And it it's just, things are so out of whack. And, yeah. and even with like, the church has always had issues and stuff like that, but it seems like now it doesn't stand, a lot of times it doesn't stand for anything. And it's like, there has to be a difference between um uh, between the secular world and church right and now you see videos online of people uh pole dancing in the church you're like what the, what the heck is that you know uh i'm not gonna get into this conversation but uh you guys did a show on this uh they have the whole the kanye, <laughs> pole dance west, the, the kanye west uh you know oh, yeah. church deal mm-hmm. and you know it's just like and and, and it's almost like people l- losing sight you know, um, the, what church is supposed to stand for and what it is. And it's supposed, and, um, one thing I love about listening to you, you weren't talking about new age, you know, stuff like, you know, and I, I know that, you know, some people, they just don't want to hear it, you know, and I really appreciate hearing you on the show and I'm glad that you came on the show and Angela, that's one thing I love about Angela as well is, Angela, we've always had these conversations very early on back in the black days. And I always, I love uh, listening to you, sister. So um, thank you once again for being on the show. Uh, I'm going to start off with you, Angela. How can we get you on social media? And um, is there anything we need to be on the lookout for you? Um, we have the Black Love United, as we know, and said in Angie that we do our um, marriage tips. We do it on Sunday evenings. Um, one thing I do want to say is you have to be, you said about, you see the different change in relationships. Are you willing to be different? Because mm-hmm. if you do marriage God's way, you are going to be different. People are going to tell you, don't take all that. You ain't got to do all that. That's, no word. That's old school. But the reason why I believe me and my husband are still together, happily married, enjoying each other, probably more in love now than we were, is because we did it God's way. We ain't always do it right way, but we still had the principles of I knew that I had to be, I had to submit to my husband and I had to find somebody that's okay to be a leader. You know what I'm saying? I watched what he did. So I'm okay to be different. Yes, I have some things going, um, coming in twice in October for women. I, I want to talk to women, but not this time, not just to married women, because I find out our young women who are not married have these unrealistic expectations. And what I'm going to bring to them is a, what are you bringing to the table? You can't have this long list and you bring nothing. You can't cook. You can't keep a house. You you know, you don't know how to keep your mouth shut when it's time. So what are you bringing? So you can't have a list and your list is, is raggedy. Because <laughs> I got a 24-year-old son. If he bring you to me, I'm going to say she is not what you need. That's not who God has for you. Because I pray every day for who God has for him. So mm-hmm. my stuff is trying to help these women because 
society tells us that we have to be, um, we are, we independent, all the independent women. I pay my own bills. I, I don't want to do that. I want my husband to do that for me. I want a man that's going to provide for me and protect me. If somebody come in the house, I ain't worried at all. Cause I know what my husband going to do to you and anybody else that come in here. And even we outside, I've seen it happen. I've seen him do it. So I want to protect her. I don't want to take care of myself. That's not my role. I'm going to stay in my lane. Love it. Love it. And shout out to your husband for sure. Thank you. Yes. So brother Andrew, uh, how can we get yeah. you in social media and um, what should we be on the lookout for? And um, you guys, and when is Ron's show? Uh, Ron's show night. is actually, we will be on this same time tomorrow night on Ronald no, Smith's page on Facebook. It's a live show that we've been doing for some time now. And we start at 8.30 and end around about 10 or so. Uh, but we'll be on tomorrow night. It's every Tuesday we'll be on tomorrow night. For those that are local, we have I have a radio show called The Kingdom's Perspective that uh, come on uh, 1510 Big Wheel Gospel. Um, it comes on every Tuesday at 12.30 during lunchtime. And we also have public access channel TV. We're on there uh, 6 o'clock and 6.30 every. Uh, we come on Monday nights as well. And then again uh, uh, on Friday nights on uh, every week as well. Uh, we do have some major things and some literature coming out that I don't want to announce yet because we don't have a date when we're going to set that out. But for those of you all that want to connect social media wise, my name is Andrew Crawley or the Kingdom Kingdom Alliance is our actual uh, ministry page. You all could actually go there or email me uh, for any speaking engagements or things, different things like that. My YouTube channel, if you want to get a snippet of my uprising videos, which we are prepared to travel with those from town to town. It's just like a seminar that I give basically describing the shape that the church is in and the things that we need to do to change it, different things of that nature. So that is on my, type in my name on YouTube and you'll see my YouTube channel. I have some 30 plus videos there and uh, you can see some things there as well. I see Ron has come back. You missed it. We were singing your praises, brother Ron. Um, and if you can, tomorrow. And if you can, can you drop in the chat room, Ron, um, you know, information on how they can uh, check out your show. Uh, so, uh, Shannon, how can we get you in social media and, and what should we be on the lookout for? Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Shannon Ford, like the president, hyphen Jefferson, like the president. Um, you can get all of my books on Amazon.com. And next year, May 2020, Dismantling Daddy Dysfunctions and All the Men I Love After Him is coming out. All right, all right, all right. And, um, um, just I want to give a, a shout out in, in my chat room before I say to uh, Jen. Jen is my co-host on many sh programs. And Jen did a such a brilliant job of remaking the indie radio website. And um, the, it's amazing. She did an amazing job. It's still more work to be done, but um, it is definitely a lot better than it was. And I could and Jen was the brains behind it. She's an amazing person, uh, and uh, I appreciate everything. So thank you so much, Jen. And the website is IndyRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on uh, Instagram. And just as a reminder, on Wednesday right here, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, we will be ha continuing our conversation with Dwayne Hendricks, and we're going to be talking once again about the uh, – Atlanta child murders, as well as a, a bunch of other topics as well. And uh, if you didn't, if you missed that show last week, it was amazing. It was very well attended. We we got to a lot of really deep issues with yeah. it. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. 
So uh, that's going to be Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. And what I want to do for next week, if we can pull it off, I want to do all poetry night um, next week uh, because we have a group called Black Artists Connected, um, um, the writers group. And uh, if we can get some of those people and anybody in the chat room who wants to read something, it doesn't even have to be yours. uh, They can come on. And that'll be dope. And you know what? I might read something myself. So uh, I don't know. I'm I, I could write something. Don't get up uh, there. I love John Slay, baby. Can I be your slave? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Kente. Nah, nah, it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be dope. Whatever I do is gonna be dope. And uh so that is uh hopefully we can pull that off next week. Uh and that'll be great. All right. With all that said, you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless you. And uh, remember, IndieRadio.org is the place to be. Peace. Bye. So we no 